poker's legendary champions, next generation stars, and tireless ambassadors of the game, sharing their wisdom and guiding your journey to high achievement on the green felt. This is Tactical Tuesday on Chasing Poker Greatness with your host, Brad Wilson. Welcome, 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 my friend, to another episode of the Chasing Poker Greatness podcast. As always, this is your host, the founder of ChasingPokerGreatness.com, Coach Brad Wilson. And today is Tuesday, which means it's a very tactical day. And I am joined by my co-host, Mr. John. How are we doing, John? Doing pretty well. A little tired from uh, coming off of the weekend grind, especially during Elites, where we're just playing tons and tons of hands, but uh, feeling good. How many hands do we play over this weekend? Uh, Fridays and Saturdays, uh, I try to play 2,000 hands a day, which works out to be, um, I think, eight hours-ish if you're four-tabling the whole time. Sometimes I don't get to four-table the whole time, so it usually ends up being closer to 10 hours, um, which, is, which is pretty exhausting. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's, that's what Elites is for, to kind of push my limits, and, and that's, <laughs> that's, that's what I was doing for the last two days. Yeah, so 20 hours of online poker in the last two days. Did we, did we tear them up? Did we do well? Are we playing at a high level? How are we feeling? To get the full picture, I think we'd have to start on Thursday, where uh, Thursday went very well. Um, I think I won close to six buy-ins. And then Friday, uh, I gave back about five and a half of them. Um, and then yesterday, Saturday, had a, booked, a, booked a pretty nice win. So overall, still up on like the last three days. And yeah, feeling good. Ready to play more today. Yeah, ready, ready to rock and roll. This yeah. feels uh, like deja vu all over again, by the way, for the podcast listener won't know what I'm saying or the YouTube audience, but like we did seven minutes of this before and due to God only knows what, me just like forgetting how to read or listen and talk, we started all over again. And this is like play by play of exactly the first iteration. It's like, it's like I'm like having an script. out of box. Yeah. It's like a scripted when it, 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 there was nothing scripted about it before. We're just saying the exact same things that we said, but I digress. Uh, so today on tactical Tuesday, we're going to be breaking down two hands from the village. Um, one of these hands is submitted by coach Thomas, the long missing in action, original co-host of Tactical Tuesday, who I uh, haven't heard very much out of him lately, posted a hand that he played at 510.20 in Los Angeles Live Poker. And then hand number two is going to be a hand played by Charlie Yu in the village on the Lodge stream. And uh, let's start out by breaking down this hand that Thomas played in the Live Poker Streets. So this hand looks like it's at 5, 10, 20, live, somewhere in LA. Starts with a fish in the cutoff, opening to $60. Another fish on the button calling, and uh, a very strong pro calling in the big blind, and Thomas uh, completing from the straddle with Jack-9 of diamonds. Uh, so there's $240 going to the flop. The flop is 10-7, deuce, rainbow. Uh, the flop gets checked around. I don't know if you want to have like a brief discussion again on, on, on docking the swap and whether, uh, you know, Thomas's hand or, or this situation you think warrants a donk. Um, so yeah. yeah, I don't know that it warrants a donk, but I would say that the, 
details that I would like to have available or add in would be if, you know, there's any sort of indication from either of the fish that they've kind of just mentally given up in the hand. I think if there's some sort of live read that you can cobble together to influence your decision here, then I would prefer donking if, say, one of those players it has already mentally checked out. I think that's a pretty reasonable spot to donk there. And then there's going to be lots of like overcards. I think the fish in position are going to play their value pretty straightforwardly. So we can apply lots of pressure on various runouts. Um, plus we have position on the pro. So yeah, I think that like, I wouldn't mind a donk if we know that one of the players is mentally checked out, but barring that, if we don't have any information, then I'm just going to check along and, you know, kind of see what happens. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't play very many donks uh, multi-way to begin with. Uh, it's pretty rare where I even have the idea to, to do that. Just to add on to like another thing that I would like to kind of know about or see before deciding whether or not I want to donk swap is whether there's a diamond on the flop. I think that would go a long ways towards shifting me towards like putting me in the donk category. Um, but we don't know. I, I'm just going to assume that there isn't a diamond on the flop because I think Coach Thomas is the type of person to to definitely to put that in there if there was a diamond. But it's ten seven deuce rainbow flop gets checked around. Turn is an offsuit nine, and the pro in the big blind bets one seventy five into two forty. Again, Thomas has jack nine of diamonds, so he turns second pair. Now has a gut shot, or excuse me, flop the gut shot. So now has a pair and a gut shot on the turn. Um, I just solved the mystery, by the way. Yeah. So if the turn is an offsuit nine, then it must mean that we have a diamond on the flop. Yeah. By the way, so yeah. we do have we do have the backdoor flush draw because otherwise, Whoa. there's two nine of di or you know the nine of diamonds can't we have it in our hand so, um you know yeah. what I mean yeah, yeah maybe we should have done <laughs> and I and I have to imagine too that Thomas would say that a backdoor flush draw became available on the turn so like my assumption is this is just full rainbow board lack of specificity by Coach Thomas he should feel ashamed <laughs> of himself. Um, <laughs> the pro bets 175, uh, we call any, any thoughts about calling or folding here versus the pros big bet into three other players. I mean, I don't think this is like some sort of fist bump or, you know, fist pump call spot with a, with a nine and, and a gut shot. Um, I think that like the pro probably is going to have reasonably wide stabbing range once the flop gets checked checked around and the, the turn is like an undercard to a, to a 10. Um, but I, I'm still, you know, going to be pretty aware of the fact that he is betting into three people and at least Thomas's range is still completely uncapped, um, given that, you know, we, we just expect him to check range on the swap most of the time. Um, but again, like I think, you know, strong pro is going to have, you know, is going to have bluffs um, on this Turn, there, there just like aren't a shortage of bluffs that you know you can just immediately think of once there's like a three straight. So yeah, I, I, I like Thomas's call on the turn. Yeah, so Queen Jack, King Jack, Ace Jack are mm -hmm. the most likely candidates for bluffing. I would think. Yeah, or um, even just like random eight X that he has, you could just start start bluffing now. It's hard to have eight X. I mean, like Ace Eight, I guess is the King Eight suited, Ace Eight yeah, suited. suited. Yeah, those are. At Jack eight suited as a straight, so we have ace eight and king eight suited is really the only availability of the eights. Yeah. But whatever, like I, I actually think that like Thomas could just fold the turn. I don't think folding is like actually the worst uh, here. And this is from somebody that like. Oh man, I'm so glad you said that. I didn't want to say it just in case you'd be like, "What? You're gonna no, fold the turn?" But like, 
This yeah, is a spot. Uh, I mean, folding just seems reasonable. We have like second pair and uh, pro led out four ways into two fish. Like it's not, <laughs> it's not like a slam dunk call by any stretch. Yeah, I'm glad you said that. I just didn't want to be called a nit and then embarrassed in front of everybody. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I mean, I like three quarters. It's like a pretty big bet to a uh, pretty big bet as well. Um, I don't know. I mean, hauling definitely in position is fine, especially versus someone that, you know, Thomas says is super strong and, and, is is going to be betting more than just pure value in this spot. So again, um, I'd like some more details to kind of fill out this picture, though. This hand of like, what does he think pros' range is when they bet? Like, how aggressive is this player? Does he have full combos of like king jack off, queen jack off? You know, these sort of details are pretty important with determining what we should do here on the turn. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm just going to pretend Thomas doesn't care because he's just such an animal on the river that he's just like, whatever, man. <laughs> You can have whatever you want on the turn. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to stick it to you on this river. Yeah, so nice little spoilers alert there. Um, we Thomas does call the turn, for better or worse, and the river is a king. And those of you watching on YouTube right now can see that I have the river action sort of covered up because didn't want to give away... Didn't want to give away what happens here. So king on the river... Um, ah, Dylan bets 450 into 590 and Thomas rips it for 1.2 K total. What do you think about this, John? So, yeah, I love, I love, you know, what Thomas is, is doing here. What are, what he's going for here? Um, I think it makes a lot of sense, um, given that he, oh, he probably has at least 12 combos of queen jack, maybe even six, maybe even the full 16. He has a jack, which just blocks jack eight and queen jack, um, he has a pair which blocks two pair and 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 sets. So yeah, I, I think that you know I think these river raises uh, just in a vacuum too are just extremely extremely effective. Um, just river aggression uh, I've been finding pretty recently as as uh, it works very very well. <laughs> so I, I think the pair is much less important here. It's kind of interesting too because Thomas like blocks a lot of villains available bluffs. Uh, but I guess the king is kind of the king kind of connects things, it connects king jack and it connects queen jack. So mm-hmm. ace jack is like the the available bluff that villain has. It's just like a natural bluff. Um, villain sizing here four fifty into five ninety. What do you make of that? I mean, I can't make like I can't say too much about it without knowing like what villain's river strategy is. Is it reasonable to have this as a bet size with like some of your hands and like you know? have a strategy like that that includes the size like yes um this is like pretty big pretty quartering the river so it's i mean it's pretty polarized it's not like some block size on the river where uh we can just start giving him like you know a really really uh maybe even like more of a merged range so i mean i would expect the pro in this spot to show up with just total air balls and then Probably two pair plus for his value when he goes this size. Yeah, for sure. Two pair plus. Like yeah. gonna have two pair plus, gonna have six eight, gonna have um sets. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> like it, this is uh yeah, this is a pretty interesting proposition here when yeah. Thomas jams because Thomas is directly targeting top of villains range that has straights and sets and two pair. Um, so pretty ballsy move on Thomas's part, but I do, I do like it. I, I think it's a good jam here on the river. I think that like we have 
more queen jack than villain since like we closed the action pre-flop i think we have all the queen jack offsuits we also have a jack in our hand which as we talked about before i think is good in this case to sort of remove the available queen jacks that villain has you know i don't know that we have a lot of natural bluffs right like we just don't have too many natural bluffs other than like jack nine i mean do we rip king jack too Ooh, that would be oh that would be like the the sexiest rip i think if we just if we river the king and decided like yep that's not good enough let's let's <laughs> i mean let's king jack one off too yeah i mean king jack's a double gut shot on the turn so like it's a healthy part of our range when we call yeah. Yeah. call the turn bet so like we're gonna get here with a lot of king jack I, i'd be curious as to what thomas would do with king jack but i think that like the way that villains range is constructed with their the sizing scheme that they used mm-hmm. is going to just have like you said it's going to have a lot of like there's it's going to have some not so good hands and then some like hands that are better than king jack so i think that like for all intents and purposes king jack and jack nine are effectively the same hand yeah yeah well how do you feel about this bluff like live versus online because i feel like live this bluff is just going to work way more often than it is online for some reason I don't know. I'm like, honestly, I'm scared doing it in either setting, to be honest. This is uh, <laughs> like, I, I mean, I, I, I do it, but as somebody that has done it many, many times, like what I found is that, you know, it, it just kind of depends on quite frankly, I, I think like the mindset of the pro that you're playing against. Sometimes they're just like feeling it and they're just analyzing things sort of objectively and they'll find the fold here. I think that other times they're just kind of like in a fuck it, whatever, I don't care mode. And they're just going to like call to spite themselves and you. And I think <laughs> that like, like whatever um, sort of mindset they're in at the time is kind of determined, determines the action that they take here on the river. So like, it, yeah, I, I think that's just like an interesting component of like river bluffs. You know, I've ran some like bet three bet river bluffs um, in recent memory that just got called by like, you know, bottom two pair and stuff like hands that I feel like should never, ever, ever be calling. Um, so yeah, I think honestly, I don't know that it really first, first and foremost, like villain needs to be able to think about the spot and realize what's going on. And then secondly, they have to be in like a decent mood <laughs> where they're not, not just going to click the call button. Make which sure I mean, he's winning first and then jam. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I, I think we can all relate to that, right? Like, just a bunch of things are not going right in our session and then like we have a set here and we bet and get ripped on like you just click call and you're like whatever you're like yeah cool you got a straight just show me the straight buddy what's whatever. another stack like <laughs> what's another what's another stack right like i, I mean I, I hope you can relate to that i know that i've done similar things like any situation that feels close in an emotionally compromised state my my uh, nature is to start clicking the call button. <laughs> my nature is not to find the fold button. Yeah, that definitely. Uh, I, I don't know. I think I, I I trend the other way when things are not going well. I, I become. I mean, we talked about this in I think the last uh, Tactical Tuesday or, or Tactical Tuesday a couple episodes ago, where I, I generally lean towards playing way too passively when when things are not going well. I, one thing, one other thing that I just I didn't really even think about until now, but um, I I like. And, you know everything Thomas did post flop. I agree with here. I don't agree with pre flop. I think this should be a slam dunk three bet pre. Nah, it, I'm I'm indifferent. I think really like, against two fish. Like I, I think that like you you can three bet 
and so that they don't like overrealize equity. But again, I would like to know the stack sizes of the fish involved here. Yeah, and that's just a good a, point. A little yep. bit of history as to like who these fish are. Like, are they fit or full posts? Like, what what what's their profile exactly? I just like assuming like everyone's you know at least 100 big blinds deep. I think this is just like one of the pre-flop setups where I, I would just I would I mean first of all three betting jack nine of diamonds here isn't like some deviation or anything. It's like it is a three bet. I'm pretty sure it's a three bet in pre-flop bootcam too. Um, yeah, but it doesn't have like two callers <laughs> right, right. before so like, the big blind. What I'm saying is that like this specific situation where the fish opens and the pro calls in between is like yeah. the spot where I would three bet. If it was the pro opening and the fish calling in between, then I would just, I would hunt, I would pure flat the jack nine of diamonds because in that situation, I think it's like a disaster for like you to three bet. The fish is going to fold almost always. And like a lot of the times you just end up heads up versus the pro without the fish in between, which sucks. But in this situation, I think the most likely scenario is that you end up heads up or maybe even three ways versus the two fish and the pro gets out of the way, which is just a, you know, that's a massive win for us, I think. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not entirely sure. I think there's the other scenario too, right? Of like the domino effect of like you three bet and then the first fish calls and then the second fish calls and then the pro calls too. And then, you yeah. know, now you're just playing four ways in a really big pot, I, which I think in live poker is going to happen more often than not. Hmm. Um <laughs> I don't think people tend to fold the three bets in live poker unless something's drastically changed about live poker since the last time I played. All right. All right. So, uh, I don't know. I'm still three betting. This all right. I, I, I think three betting is fine for what it's worth. I think like three betting is fine. Calling is fine. Whatever. No. And so now we're going to segue into our second hand here. And before we do, just wanted to see inside the village, you know, we mm. can see all of our, all of our little channels here. We have the, Villager Battle Royale, Free Flop Bootcamp, Private Channel, Fishing with Dynamite, which is a course that will be released, you know, one of these days once I <laughs> once I get it finalized. Um should scroll through a university up and down a little bit. This is a channel where like people in the community post hand histories and get feedback on hands that they played both live and online. Um I definitely think it's one of the most active channels in the group, man. Yeah. I was just looking at a uh, university channel earlier trying to find a hand and we have Lots of, <laughs> lots and lots of content here. Um, yeah. So yeah, if you're looking for a poker community, greatnessvillage.com. You know we we care about improving at poker, and we push ourselves. And yeah, pretty good. Might pretty get good embarrassed group. on Tactical Tuesday for free. Yeah, there you go <laughs> for free. Because me and John, we need content to talk about. <laughs> All right. So after the break, we're gonna head to YouTube. Gonna break down a hand that Charlie played on the lodge stick around don't miss it in a world where a fish dog bets the flop and you don't know what to do one man coach brad wilson has a surefire plan to neutralize flop leads and rip that dunk to shreds no fall available now Go to ChasingPokerGreatness.com slash Nuffle. Rated R. All right. Welcome back to this week's episode of Tactical Tuesday. Don't worry, John. You just have one more hand to go, and then you can get back to putting in your 10 hours for the day. We didn't tell, uh, we didn't tell the audience what happened in Coach Thomas Sand. Did he get snapped on the river? or, or Villain folded. That, that's it. Villain, villain tank folded. Um, we don't know what villain had, but... Yeah, villain did tank fold. I wonder if Thomas would have 
posted the hand if Phelan would have just snapped with two pair. I'm I'm curious about that. But <laughs> that depends on which two. Phelan <laughs> <laughs> just snaps. Oh, I'm bottom two. No, this one's going in the in the back of the truck or wherever you put your hands. <laughs> yeah, this this goes in the trash heap. We're we'll we'll save this hand history for my eyes only. All right, let's go to the YouTube stream of the lodge playing some five ten. We'll cut into the action. Um, we'll have to have to wait for it to catch up a little bit. Looks like we got a limp under the gun by Richard, who's playing 7.6K deep. Charlie's playing 9.2K deep. Everybody's got so much money, John. Like, all Man, the stacks Texas, are... The Texas games are just so deep. I, like, you never, ever see... I mean, I was just saying this, but you never see 510 games this deep anywhere else except for occasionally at the win when it's, like, 510-20 or something like that. But, yeah, these... Texas, man, it's just a different, different animal. Everything's deeper in Texas. I think yeah. that, that's that's what they say. <laughs> um, so villain limps under the gun. Charlie raises it up to fifty, and you know, again, I think in Texas, raising it up to fifty, not going to <laughs> thin. Yeah, apparently, out. it doesn't do much. <laughs> we, we thick thick in the field. Um, we, we get called around by like every play. I, I think a cocktail waitress actually just like put her <laughs> chips in the middle and decided to join in. I, I think it's six ways here. Um, six way action on the flop. Charlie has the ace of diamonds, deuce of diamonds. The flop is king of diamonds, 10 of hearts, six of hearts. So that's pretty much a whiff for our beloved villager, Charlie in this massive multi-way pot. looks like nobody really has much of anything. Um, a lot of middle pairs, a gut shot, some backdoor flush draws, and that's about it. Uh, I don't really think there's much to interesting to talk about here. I'll skip through. Basically it just checks around. Um, I think that's the, that's a flop action. And so we get a turn card. That is fairly Ooh. interesting. We get the king of diamonds. And oh, so seven of diamonds. Oh, the seven of diamonds is backwards. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. I was very confused. We're not going to start over again, though. I'm not doing this whole thing over again. Um, so the seven, seven of diamonds on the turn. So now Charlie's got the nut flush draw. And it looks like one of the these six heathens out there that are just playing all their hands decides to go for it and throws a bet out of $75 into 305 which... It's about 25% pot. Um, anything no. to say about the 25% pot? <laughs> I think it's, uh, I think villain's likely to have a sizing, uh, betting, betting pattern tell here. Hey, if I've learned anything from watching preflop in this hand, it, this is just going to get called by like six, six, by the cocktail waitress too. She's probably just going to flick into <laughs> 75 just to see the river. I mean. Yeah. <laughs> We need to see what happens, guys. We need, we need to see. Um, do you think any of the ten X's are going to fold, or do you think the? Or do you think anybody's going to fold? Actually, everyone kind of has, You know what? Should, should we? I don't a, think. Start a little pool on this. Uh, it looks ooh, like ooh, the seven gives it up. The seven. The seven gives yeah, it up. The, the third pair ended up folding. Um, the first, second pair doesn't fold though. They decide to call, and now Charlie. With an out flush draw, it's pretty clear call for him. And then right behind him, the ace-10 off. 
decides to just snap, put their 75 in the middle. I feel Man, like we're playing game, some yeah. weird hybrid limit, no limit hold'em game right now. Um, uh, it must be so awesome to be this dude on the button and just like watching this happen. Like, <laughs> wow, like w- this is amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's just got the nuts. nuts. Yeah, I have yeah. the nuts. <laughs> he's, he's got the nuts. Um, Charlie said in the group too that this villain is a pro. So we got that going for us. I, I don't know about calling 50 on the button with an eight and a nine of different suits, but we're here. I mean, we I know, man, we never make these straights because we never make those calls free up. Well, I mean, I, I don't know, like the way that the game's playing it, it feels like you can probably widen up your uh, starting range on the button in, in these streets. Um, yeah. So who knows what I, I don't know. <laughs> it's not, <laughs> it's not in my strategy, but who knows? All right, so everybody calls, including the cocktail waitresses in there. She's ready to peel this river. And the man with the nuts decides to raise it on up to 410. And I guess, first of all, let's talk about the size that Villain chose here, 410. What do you think about the size Villain chose, John? Um... I mean, I, I like the small, smaller race size. I, I mean, I'm assuming you're you're gonna say that this is like kind of smallish for sure, given like how much money is in there, and then like what, uh, <laughs> given like the price everyone's gonna get. But I think like especially when you have a heart and a diamond, and and you know you just have like like the nut nuts on the on the river. Like this is, uh, I think going small is is really reasonable. I don't like it at all. I would no. just like just go big. I mean, just go big or go home. Well, don't go home, but I think just go big because like, I mean, look at this board. Like, so we have an ace, a queen, a jack, a heart, a diamond, cards that pair the board, like an eight, like, a nine, <laughs> an eight, a nine. I mean, so basically you're hoping for like a black little card on the river. Smaller than a six. Yeah. Smaller than a six. I think that like, given that the cocktail waitress is in here, just waiting to see what happens, like yeah, I think we just got to go bigger here. Like villains are likely to have a bunch of draws um, that are never going to fold. Like we can see on the screen that like, you know, everybody's um, the only person that's drawing live is Charlie and the queen four of diamonds guy. But like, yeah, villains can, there's heart draws available. There's just so many different hands. Queen Jack's available. Like I, I would just raise big and like assume that anybody with a draw is not going to be folding their hand. Mm, okay. Yeah, I guess, I mean, yeah, I mean, you could raise really big and like almost set up for like a jam on the river, I guess, on those like brick, on those brick rivers, if, if you really wanted to, given how big the, how big the pot is. And given I that wouldn't, the, I wouldn't be setting up for like a jam on brick rivers. Like oh. I just, I think, I think the way that this hand is played, the villains are all concentrated on like weakish hands and draws. And mm-hmm. so on a brick river, like, well, I mean, villain, the villain raised it to 410. So there's a thousand dollars in the pot at this point. Like basically everybody's getting three to one. So like <laughs> we, yeah. we all, we all get to draw profitably now. Woohoo. Yeah. Um, I, I would just raise to like 700. And then when river gets checked to me, I would just down bet something absurd, like mm. 200 or something like gotcha. basically, basically let's put these fighting Texans to the test in a giant pot facing like a one-tenth pot size bet because <laughs> yeah let's let's put the ego in play here um gotcha. I, gotcha. I think villains I, I i actually do think that there's this component of like 
ego that people just don't want to fold facing such a small bet after putting in a lot of money on the turn. Yeah. No, I, I, I totally, I fall into that too. Sometimes I face like one tenth pot C bets and three bet pots. And I just like, I'm not folding anything. Just <laughs> like, I'm not letting people see me fold to like $25 in a $250 pot. Yeah. So that, that's, that would be the strategy that like I would deploy. So um, anyway, I, I like that better than mine. So what I suggested. Whoa. What happened? The queen, the queen four? four of diamonds just boom, snap mucked. Yeah, I, I think. Man. I mean, they just have like a queen high flush draw. <laughs> it's not like a it's not like a big a big draw they're letting go, John. I, I I thought for sure that the queen four would just be would be in there getting you know like you said like a really good price and like I don't know you you, you play queen four pre flop and just you're gonna just give it up here. Uh. Well, the the thing is like. There's like a billion people left to act, and somebody could have the nut flush draw. I think if if they were like last to act or second to last, I imagine they would probably not fold. Thomas would have called and just bluffed everybody on an ace, jack, nine, river, heart, yeah, any heart. Yeah. Like let's just do do whatever, do what we got to do. <laughs> um, so Charlie, actually, it's not on Charlie yet. Who's it on? It looks to Richard, be on Richard. Jack Ten. <laughs> Richard is tanking with his Jack 10. Um, Richard, you got to give it up, buddy. You got to give it up. There he gives it He must. Yeah, yeah, good so, fold. All good right. Fold. Well done, Richard. Okay, now, now it's back on Charlie. And we need like a little sound effect here for what's about to go down because it is not, it's not a pretty sight or a happy sight. Charlie, in a spot where he's getting pretty close to direct odds to call decides to, I don't, I don't know why this happened, but he opted to back raise. John, what do you think of Charlie's back raise? He goes to 1.1 K eventually. It takes him a while to find the back raise, but yep. Solver is finally complete and 1.2 K. Um, okay. So this sort of reminds me of the spot, uh, again, referencing tactical Tuesday, a couple episodes ago where I check jammed the river with four or the turn with four or five of spades. And like the question you asked me was like, versus villains bet on the turn is calling profitable. Like, do you have enough equity to call? And I was like, yes, for sure. And then you said, is jamming profitable? And I said, I don't know. Maybe it is. And so you were like, you're passing up like a definitely profitable spot for like a questionably profitable spot. And I think that is sort of how I would think about this situation. Um, like you have, you're getting like the right price to call. Definitely with like implied odds, you're getting the right price to call. You have like one of the best draws possible. You know, you never have to be worried about getting like flush over flush when you do make your, uh, when you do hit a diamond on the river. Yeah. And then, I mean, I don't want to like foreshadow too much, but like, yeah, getting jammed on here is just the most painful thing ever when you have the nut plus draw like if you're gonna do this maybe do it with like a like a significantly worse draw i mean we miss like probably the biggest component to this entire thing is like the button facing a gang of texans (laughs) is probably not going to just raise with like two blank cards here 
Um, and also, like, how credible is this back raise by Charlie? He's like the second caller on the turn. You like really, Charlie? You you're gonna like back raise with like the nuts here, calling second? Like, you're the button's only like two seats away from you. I mean. I, I think that like it's just not credible and the button just like has the nuts here every single day of the week. Right. So kind of what you're saying is like it's really just not credible that Charlie would check a super strong hand on the flop. Um, and then it's even less credible that he would flat given it went that call on the turn with the super strong hand, given especially given how wet this board is, right? Like you're just you know. Yeah, he's got to have like eight nine. He's he's got to be like, okay, I've got eight nine, but I'm not going to raise against this gang plus cocktail waitress here, because I think that like <laughs> I think the pro on the button may be willing to take on this army by himself <laughs> with a light hand. Like yeah. it's just not. Uh, I'm going to make the army bigger actually by calling. <laughs> <laughs> so that I, you know, I can only play very well on like three rivers in the whole deck. No, I, I just, yeah, I, I think Charlie just kind of overthought here and opted to open the action back up. Very unfortunately for him, because the button, the button wasn't messing around and trying to taunt this gang of Texans without a hand. The button does have the nuts, and the button actually checks his whole cards once again to make sure he's probably confused right now. Like, <laughs> do I, wait a second. I have <laughs> do I still have the nuts? I'm, I'm confused here. Um, and then he just declares himself to be all in. Uh, I, I think actually there's something to be said here about villain jamming. What do you think of villains jam, John? I'm guessing you're, you, I'm guessing what you're going to say is that you don't like it. I mean, it's i'm gonna say that i actually like it on this like super wet board like i i don't know i don't know if they're gonna be like action killing rivers for example like if you have eight nine on the button and you know you think that charlie has a hand like a set and just like on so many rivers the set is just going to be really uncomfortable putting the rest of their stack in and just getting it in now is is i think is reasonable um again like i think if i was on the button i'd be like wow this guy must have a great hand (laughs) like trap i'm willing to bet like my my firstborn child that there is no way that charlie is opening the action here with the set there's just no universe that he has like a set or two pair i'm not saying that he would ever actually have those hands i'm just saying that that that's what the button perceives him to have and doesn't want just i don't care what the button perceives this is about what i'm perceiving and what you're perceiving i I would never jam (laughs) I, i would just flat here every time like i don't know what charlie has i actually have no idea what charlie has here but like i don't think that many bad things can happen through flatting i think that like i don't have a jam range here (laughs) um my jam range here would only be eight nine it would be like literally no other hand and your jam range here on the turn would literally be eight nine and no other hand ever um most likely like eight nine of diamonds or eight nine of hearts you're just like doing backflips in your own mind, hoping to like get in a free roll type situation. So like, let's think about how the river plays though. Like if we do flat, so like if the river's a heart, what's going to happen? Like Charlie's likely to jam. Uh, Do we call on a heart river? Probably. If the river's a diamond, Charlie jams. Do we call? Probably. Yes. If the board pairs, we're going to call versus jam. So I'm not worried about like, you know, us ever folding the river. I'm just worried that Charlie might not put the rest of the money in 
on like an eight or a nine or a diamond or a heart or a jack or or whatever. Like, I, I, you I, know, that what? would be the disaster. I mean, there's a good thing that can happen. The board can pair and Charlie can check and we can jam. They're trying to fold out chops. A diamond or a heart like versus check. We can jam trying to fold out chops. If Charlie does have eight, nine. Uh, okay. Uh, that's. I, I, I didn't think of that, but yeah, we could try to fold out eight, nine on the river. Sure. I just think that like, yeah, I'm just in these spots where I, my jam is only one hand and it is the nuts. I'm just not going to jam Unl yeah. unless of course, like I'm playing against somebody that's just like clearly never folding in which case then yeah, jam, jam away. But like Charlie's not that type. That's just never going to fold. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Charlie's going to have, I mean, clearly he's, he's, he's going to have some hands here that are not the nuts. Um, Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, maybe not anymore. Not after this tactical Tuesday, he might not ever ha have a hand that's not the nuts here. Um, I mean, I think not having a hand that's not the nuts is like not the end of the world. It's just like this one is just like so painful to fold. Like, you know, if you have like whatever, an eight high flush draw or something, or I guess an eight high flush draw also has a gut shot, but just, I don't know, just a really, just a naked gutter or something. Yeah. This is we just don't need to have a bluff here. We just don't need to have like a raise against oh. fighting a gang of, you know, six people, a posse. As looking to take him out, like we we just can be void of raises, and that's okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. I think I, I hope Charlie remains in the village after this hand breakdown. Did he fold? Yeah, he folded. What's he gonna do? He I can't. Know. I assume he folded anyway. Here he is. Can't, He's did, one thing I know from live poker is you can't count on Asians to fold flush draws before. <laughs> the, before See, the river. You can make that joke. Uh, um, <laughs> I mean, look at him. He's, uh, he's like, oh my God, why did yeah. I questioning his decisions in life right now and wondering why, why, why did I do these things? Oh my clean outs. God, Bye -bye. I hate myself. <laughs> 20% um, equity. And the villain instantly shows him his straight, which, yeah. Yeah. We knew. Mm. Makes <laughs> me think he's not a pro. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm just, there's, I, 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 there's a lot of clues, but I don't yeah. know. <clears throat> we'll just leave them. We'll just leave the clues hanging. Let the audience draw their own conclusions. Let Charlie Yu draw his own conclusions. Um, you know, by the way, him being Asian and being forced to fold this nut flush draw on the turn, I think is a very good way to like burn it into his brain. Don't do this. <laughs> Again, sir, this is painful. No, I mean, he's just, now he's just not Asian. He's just banned from the, <laughs> from the community. Oh, shit, like, I didn't know man, you. We, we got this on tape, yo. Like, <laughs> don't, don't come back. <laughs> you just kick him out like that. Wow. <laughs> ah, brutal. Sorry, Charlie. Um, maybe, maybe next lifetime. Uh, all right. So before we close down here in this, this week's episode of Tactical Tuesday, wanting to let y'all know that freenuffle.com Sign up for a Bovada account, click through my link, get your copy of Nuffle. And also, I just released Nuttle, which is neutralized turn leads and a Nuffle add-on for short stacks. That uh, means I'm going to be raising the price and or charging a separate price for Nuttle. But right now, if you use freenuffle.com, you can get all of those in one fancy little PDF. And with that said, freenuffle.com. John? See you next week. See you next week.
Thanks for listening to Chasing Poker Greatness. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts or on your favorite podcast app. Go to ChasingPokerGreatness.com to get the newsletter. Join the Greatness Village community, book a coaching session, or dive into the latest data-driven poker courses. Follow the show on Twitter at CPG Podcast.